The Big Small Business Show is brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Transform the future of your business. Partner with the CASA today. And the courage to grow is business. MTN Business, a new world of business. On the menu today, let's start off by just understanding what is cryptocurrency. So it's very important to understand that um, cryptocurrency, we take Bitcoin as an example, it's, it's, it, Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer cashless system or cryptocurrency is a peer-to-peer cashless system. More than 10 girls, they messaging me fast <laughs> and I feel free again. Today we're going to be talking about the fact that SARS has brought the, the uh, deadline for tax submission forward to the 31st of October. Okay, why did they do that? Why? Why? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the big, yes, the very big small business show. On the show we assist entrepreneurs and businesses at all stages of their entrepreneurial journey, whether you're just starting up, whether you halfway there to that uh, target that you've set in your mind or you're there and you're on your way down and you don't want to go down this show is for you now joining me again in studio uh, is Kumaran who is once again uh, very appalesque do you think that this uh, this uh, makes you um, feel smarter and feel more more closer to what building a, a big Corporate? You know, just sitting next to you and allowing you to talk, I automatically look smarter without saying it. No, no, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> now, our panel discussion today is going to be a bit different. Last week we had a look at blockchain. Now, I'm still battling with that, that concept of blockchain, but I'm sort of getting there. And currently it's an exponential technology, but in a few years' time it may be an everyday occurrence, for example to know who copied your content and where on the planet it's being used. This means patents may not necessarily be needed any longer. If you missed the show, please catch up on the Business Day TV YouTube channel. But today we're going to be talking about Bitcoin, the most well-known of uh, all cryptocurrencies. Now joining me now in the studio again is Mick Mann and he, as uh, we mentioned last week, is a futurist speaker, a futurist, a speaker, a strategist on exponential technologies and the future of professionals. He also runs the Singularity U South Africa Summit as well as the Singularity U Johannesburg chapter. Welcome back, Mick. Great to be back. Thanks. Thanks for Right. Me. So today we're going to be talking, so last week we spoke about blockchain and you saw how like I'm, I'm sort of getting there now. And I think that's important because many people out there like try to use all these words like blockchain and cryptocurrency, but don't really understand what it means and how it integrates into their life. Today I want to be talking about cryptocurrency itself. And we've all heard about Bitcoin. There are many other cryptocurrencies. And just to talk about what, let's start off by just understanding what is cryptocurrency. So it's very important to understand that um Cryptocurrency, we take Bitcoin as an example. It's, it's, it, Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer 
cashless system or cryptocurrency is a peer-to-peer -peer cashless system yeah. that was created in 2009 by uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, who we don't actually know who he really is, but he created this, this platform, this peer-to-peer this, uh, -peer -peer cashless system where you, you, it's built on a, on a decentralized digital ledger it's backed up by cryptography, so, so complex maths, and it's, it's, so that makes it immutable, and it, it allows people to, to uh, deal in a digital, with a di new digital asset. So it's a new digital asset class, a cryptocurrency, um, and it, lately, we, and currently we're seeing it as, a, as almost like a commodity, because it's being traded. So you can either pay for things with this cryptocurrency, or you can use it to trade. So normally when we talk about currency, it's underwritten by, in the gold standard, by gold, or underwritten by a bank, or underwritten by somebody, a government or something. Who underwrites cryptocurrency? So, so currently there, there is no one underwriting cryptocurrency. It's based on the, the users in the system. So perceived value. So it's perceived value. It's com completely supply and based on supply and, and demand. And many people argue that our money today is the same thing. That it's, it's, it's completely. Fiat currency is based on the same way. When you, when you, you know, the dollar exchange is going up and down based on how much you want to buy, how much you're willing to buy it for, and how much you're willing to sell it for. So it's based on the same sort of concept. But the only difference is that with Bitcoin. There are only going to be 21 bit million Bitcoins made in the world. How many are made now? So I think there are about, about 80% of the way. So there's only 20% left to go, um, which should be up in the next couple of years. And then, and then uh, there'll be no more Bitcoin. So it's actually a deflationary currency versus uh, like a fiat currency where you have, uh, you know, governments will say we need more money, let's just print it. What does a fiat currency mean? What does fiat? F-I-A-T? Fiat, I think it, it's, a, it's a global standard, okay. some sort of global standard around okay. currency. All right. uh, it's an accepted uh, global standard around currency, but, okay. but I could be uh, standard for correction. Okay. There. All right. Kumara, questions? And so we must just trust this guy that no one knows who he is. So that is a good question. Uh, you know, he, 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 we don't know who he is, and he's worth billions of dollars. And um, the thing is that there are millions of users on, on the Bitcoin platform already, and it's, and it's based on, it's, it's, it's accessed by, you know, all these different computers. So you're not trusting one person, you're trusting the ecosystem with Bitcoin. And, and the size of Bitcoin at the moment, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's around $140 billion dollars uh, so it's, it's, it's a massive, massive uh, marketplace. Fiat money, just uh, on Google here, is currency that a government has declared to be legal tender, but is not backed by a physical commodity. Okay, so that was when you moved off the gold standard, mm. that would be what it's called. Mm. So let's come back to the, the concept of making these, the concept of mining. We hear about the mining and the concept of computers and electricity and countries where electricity is cheap. Let's unpack all of that. So what's interesting is that every time a transaction happens on the Bitcoin blockchain, the miners are recording those and, and validating, the different machines on the network are validating those transactions, which, which is called mining. 
So it's really a validation of the transactions across all the different machines. And if you, the, process, the, the, the machines process these transactions, and through the processing of the transaction, new coins are created. Out of, when, when a new block is created, each miner gets a certain amount of coins coming out of that block. So the, by, just by being able to process the transaction using computer processing power. Yeah. So you paid to process, is that? Is you that paid a to process. You, you paid, paid to, to process. process. Yes. So the, those people with the most processing power have the highest chance of being paid more. Paid more. And in, so you can in, have a consolidation. Generating more bitcoins. More, and so you can have basically he with the, the cheapest electricity and most money to buy processing power gathers the most Bitcoin. Exactly. Is that, is that, is that a fair... That, that is a bit equation? of a challenge with, with Bitcoin at the moment because there are large, large Bitcoin mines in China. Yeah. And, you know, a large percentage of the mining that's going on is happening from three mines in China. So, so it is a bit of a challenge and that's exactly what you... And you when we talk correct. about mines, we're not talking about going underground. These are warehouses that are air-conditioned with a whole bunch of computers in them that are going, you know... That's it, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's using up a huge amount of electricity. That, that is also one of the scaling problems currently with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies because you need a huge amount of electricity to run these computers that are processing these transactions, creating new coins. So that's a back-end issue, right, of the creation of it. Once the 21 is done, then that's it. Once the 21 is done, then that's million, it. There's no but they, there's a halving that's going on. So they're, they're halving the amount of coins that you can actually mine. Uh, and I think the next, uh, you know, the halvings are going on every couple of years. But what does halvings mean? So if you mine a, uh, if you mine a transaction mm. now, you, you get a certain amount of Bitcoins that come out of it. Yes. Um, I'm not ex exactly sure on the number. Say 12 and a half. Uh, you know, uh, bitcoins or something like that. Uh, when the halving happens, you'll do the same mining, but you'll get half that amount. We, we have to take a break now. Warren, sorry, we have to take a break. Mm -hmm. uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about halving with Nick Man. Welcome back. Now, our guest in studio today is Mick Mann, co-founder of Man Made uh, Media. Is it Man Made Media? It's just Man Made. Man Made. Man We lost the media. An award-winning media and events company. Before the break, we were discussing uh, the concept of mining, and then we spoke about halving. You, want to, you had another question? Yes. Let's separate the Bitcoin or cryptocurrency as the medium of exchange and versus the investment aspect of it. Because the public, I don't know if they, they focus more on the get rich quick. I invested in this, I got the Lamborghini. So let's talk, let's talk about those two things separately. Yeah. Let's talk about the medium aspect first, and then go into the kind of trading and the playing and the investing aspect of it separately. Sure, so in terms of the, you know, I, I would say I wouldn't put all my money into Bitcoin or cryptocurrency if I, if I wanted to get involved, but I would put at least some of it. 
And I would start educating yourself on the different platforms that are available in South Africa. So there are three, there are three current exchanges that are available in South Africa now that you can take your, your real money that you currently have. Don't let the Bitcoiners hear you say that. Sorry, your Bitcoin is real money. money. Your fiat money. <laughs> yeah. You could take that from your bank and, in, and invest it into one of these exchanges. And then you can take that money in the exchange and change it for a type of cryptocurrency. So and, then, and then do what with it? What, then, so let's keep on the medium so at the part moment, the moment. At the moment, you're only going to be storing it and trading it. Uh, you know, based on if you're, if you're a bit of a speculator and you're hoping that it's going to go up. You know, in, in, the, in the cryptocurrency world, it's, it's quite a volatile environment. So we don't talk about, you know, the crash of 1998. We talk about the crash of 420, mm -hmm. you know, because it's happened so, so regularly. It's going up and down. It's, it's, you know, it's very volatile. So, the, so I would be very cautious if you want to be a trader in cryptocurrency because yeah, you have to be watching it quite often. And it's not, a, it's, not a side time, it's not a side job where you can get rich quick. But so once I, so I go and store my exchange to get my fiat money into crypto, and then I, I want it out, I want fiat money again. Is that cost? Is that expensive? Cheap? So at the different exchanges charge you different rates. There are three current exchanges in South Africa: Luno, Altcoin Trader, and R3X, and they're pretty much around the same rates. It's like a one to two percent they charge you to take your money out. And in? And in about 1% to 2% between those numbers. So 2 to 4% cost to transact. And then what, what about the whole view that a lot of, uh, let's call it, illicit money is being used um, to, to that, that it's a big illicit market where from drugs to, to illicit, other illicit forms of how you make your money and it's being used to export cash. So I would say those criminals, they better not get caught. Because if, if they get caught, yeah. and somebody gets access to their wallet key, yeah. they can see all the transactions that they have done, because it's all recorded. Every transaction is recorded. So if, if a big drug lord or something gets caught, and he's been using a blockchain cryptocurrency network, and they get access to his wallet, they can now track all of his dealings and what he's really been up to. So there is so a huge what amount is that of key. Is that like a five-digit number? Or so no, that's you, so. What happens when you create a wallet, yeah. either on one of the exchanges or there's different wallet platforms? Yeah. You, your wallet has a secret key. You have a, which is your identifier. It's a password. It's a password. You have, a, you have your own. You have your closed key and your open key that you share with people. Your open key, people can put in to give you money, and your private key is what you use to access your wallet. So you don't want to give. You know, you definitely. Definitely what's going on, what you've got to be very careful of, yeah. is this actually happened to me uh, a few weeks ago, is that somebody was pretending to be somebody else who I really trusted in the, in the Bitcoin world on Facebook. Yeah. And they, they tried to get my secret key by offering me this really, really incredible deal. Um, and and uh, you know, I almost gave it to them. But I, I said I wanted to have a call before because I wanted to understand the deal more. So never ever give away your secret key. That's a that's a rule number one with Bitcoin. Well, what with your happens wallet. if you if you die with your secret key? What happens to all your you know you know your your cryptocurrency? 
Because how so did you get back in? It goes to the anonymous car that crashed. <laughs> you're going to have to have some 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 some. You're going to have to have some stuff in your in your in your will, will. just like you would in, in real life. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and, and you can go you to those exchanges. Uh, in real life, I can go and have a death certificate and say, here, so and so died this this. You know, there's a death certificate would unlock uh, certain things. So another another uh, element to to Bitcoin is that. There's this platform called Ethereum, yes. and Ethereum is, is the version two of, of cryptocurrency where you can build software and algorithms into the code of the, of the, uh, of the cryptocurrency. Yeah. And those smart contracts you can put in place so that if something happens to you, the money goes to so-and-so. Hmm. So you can actually predefine where, how you want that, where you want that money to go in a smart contract without even using a notary or, or somebody to, to back it up or a lawyer or something like that. How, how do they know that the event took place? The, uh, your death? There's many uh -uh. triggers, like if you, don't, if you don't log in, if you don't verify, authenticate every six months, then it, it assumes you're dead, uh, sends okay. you a reminder, something like that? Exactly like that, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's just talk about, let's talk about the fact that you nearly got scammed. There's a lot of Bitcoin scams out, out there where people are sitting... Huge amount of scams. So I actually got contacted by this person mm. who said to me, one of, luckily I didn't do that because one of their friends just got taken for $50,000. Mm. This is somebody from overseas. They then put me in touch with, with the social network that I was on and they are in busy investigating this, this uh, incident. Mm. So there are a huge amount of scams out there. But the actual Bitcoin network and the, and the blockchain is completely secure. It's the platforms around it yes. that are vulnerable to attacks. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so there's one like uh, in these articles from like a few weeks ago where there's an $80 million scam in South Africa where people were promised they could earn whatever, 50% a month or whatever it is. Tell, yeah. tell, you know the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, but before we have to take a break. Okay, okay, interactive. We have to take a break right now and we'll be back with our final segment with Nick Bay. Well, it's our final seg segment uh, of our guest today, Mick Mann, who's talking to us about Bitcoin. Um, Mick Mann, of course, is co-organizer of the inaugural Singularity U South Africa Summit and uh, also a co-founder of Man Made, No Longer Media. Okay, welcome uh, back, Mick. Now, we were talking about um, Bitcoin. And we talk, but there are many other cryptocurrencies. You, you talk, spoke about Ethereum, and there, there are hundreds, literally. Right? Yeah, there's are thousands. Uh, I think there's over two thousand bitcoins, uh, cryptocurrencies listed at the moment. Right, and and Bitcoin, of, of course, has captured everyone's attention in terms of its its, its branding, etc. So when you speak about the fact that there are 21 million um, bitcoins, but there's thousands of other currencies now. So so first of all. Is there such thing as a good one and a bad one? Absolutely. And, why, and how would I determine what's good or bad? Is it the, f the, the fluctuation like in, so in price? It's all based on how has the, the cryptocurrency been created. Mm. So Bitcoin, it was, one of, it was the first cryptocurrency, and it has never been hacked or, 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 or cracked. Mm. So it's a very strong system, although it does have scaling issues, Bitcoin. 
and and the new coins and new cryptocurrencies that are coming out are, are, are already building on top of that to try to work out how to do this scaling problem um, and there are other currencies that are that are that are also built on different applications some are built on utility or um, something like ethereum is built on you know using ether as the cryptocurrency but it's it can create smart contracts within it yeah so it's, so it's a build it's, it's 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 developed since the original bitcoin platform um, but there are bad ones out there and there are guys that will create a cryptocurrency get you know two billion dollars worth of investment and then disappear the next day mm. so you have to be very careful which ones you, you, you invest in. You need to read up about them and make sure they are backed by reliable, credible sources. Yeah, come on, you, you've got a, a scam right here that's just happened in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. it's related. I was just reading something that, uh, that was released on Friday about uh, a scam that defaulted South African investors of a billion rand. I mean, this is insane. I, this is hot off the press. I can't believe and the so story. They're mm. investigating it. There's something about a company called your BTC Global. Apparently, they, they told clients they would earn 2% a day, 14% a week, 50% a month. And uh, I'm just catching up uh, with but, the data. But uh, this goes to, if it's too good to be true, it's, it's too good to you be know, true. Like I've heard, That's yeah, it. I've heard if you hear a deal, it's too good to be true. About your day investing so I get most of my cryptocurrency advice from my mother-in-law. She watches <laughs> the YouTubes, yeah. and she gives me great advice. <laughs> and she really is very knowledgeable about it, because the knowledge <laughs> is free, and it's, ex and it's, and it's open. Yeah. You just have to... Uh, Make yourself. Uh, Before we, we uh, I've got a couple of more questions. We've got a little time. One, one of them is like the practicality of I want to buy something, right? Uh, I want to buy this this uh, glass of very special water. It's ten thousand rand. I, I want to, uh, the people who are selling me that special water accept Bitcoin. I go onto I have a I have a an account, and then I how do I send it to them? And at what is the exchange? If this is in 10,000 Rand, what, what, I look at a price and I send it through, how long does it take? What happens if the price goes up and down in the interim? So, so I would be very wary about when you're purchasing or, or selling goods using cryptocurrency because the price is very volatile. And you could sell it at one price and then the price goes up and you've actually lost money yeah. because you could have sold it for more. Yeah. So it needs to be done at the point of sale, when the sale is happening, yeah. and that will be the, the basis of what the price will be. Um, and then, and then, and then so you set the price? You set the price. Okay. So at the moment on Ethereum, they created these crypto kitties, which are these virtual cats, that each virtual cat is a unique cat, and they were selling them. Some of these cats sold for up to a million dollars, these virtual cats on the, on, with Ether on the Ethereum uh, blockchain. So, and, and uh, you know, these You're virtual cats. Virtual cats. Virtual it's cats. It's not an acronym. They're not real. They're like, they're like pictures of cats. They're little okay. digital cats. Okay. They're all different characteristics. Oh. But people are, are assigning value to these cats. A million. And, and they become a new asset class. And, uh, and, but, and, and your cat, at the moment, is 20% down. <laughs> hey, I'm calling they, bullshit uh, on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Because the lot, because because the, the ether is down in the last uh, in the last month about twenty percent. Sure. But your cat will become worth a lot more in the future okay. if you believe that Ethereum is going to survive <laughs> and it's going to grow. Unless the dogs are the new thing. Unless dog, the dogs. I mean, it depends, it depends what people are into. 
So do you have uh, cryptocurrency? I do. You do. And, and, and are you using it to trade or to, as in to transact or to, to, invest. As, uh, to invest? So I don't have time to, to follow as a trader and I've just used it purely for investment. I believe that it, it really it's is a store of value. For it's you. a store of value and it's not going anywhere. There will mm. be some winners and losers and a lot of coins that have come out will disappear. That's for certain because they can't all survive. But the ones that's, that seem very, very resilient are Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I, that, those are the two I've mainly invested in. And what, then I've what, dabbled in a few others that what I'm, would that I'm take quite them hopeful out? for. What, what event would take them out? Like, what, um, what, what are the big risks there? You say it's unhackable, so, so that's a low probability. So what event would take them out? Well, if there's a new fancy If there's some, some new type of blockchain that yeah. really ticks all the boxes that they don't mm. and disrupts them. Just like we yeah. saw, you know, when the cars came out in the 1900s, there were many, many different car manufacturers, but only the strongest survive at the end of the day. And uh, whoever's going to be the strongest are going to be the winners. Well, that's all we've got time for for, for today. Um, cryptocurrency, uh, very, very interesting, scary, exciting stuff. Uh, I'm still not quite uh, over the line yet, personally. But I do watch it on a day-to-day -day basis, trying to understand it more. And I would suggest that anyone out there who is being offered all sorts of too-good-to-be-true offers around cryptocurrency be very aware and uh, listen to the adage, if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Please stay tuned to see what's coming up after the break. We'll be right back. And the crowd, you know that they've been crowd. It's like, on that time, I'm Ronaldo. He make the goal. Like the crowd of Deben, all of them, they are like, it's my pain block on that time. Welcome to the Big Small Business Show. This is the slot called Psyche of Success. We are interviewing Olani Luvuno, who has, uh, I think, become one of South Africa's heroes, telling a very authentic story about coming from the streets, being a drug addict, being a criminal, losing a leg with, uh, with uh, cancer in, in the leg. Um, and uh, finally, we, we saw him cross the line at Comrades, which... Uh, is the story still to be told. We, we ended last week where, where Olani was found by a gentleman by the name of Hein, who um, now gave him a job. And, uh, and let's start there. So you've got the job. Yeah, it's the day I know I'll never forget in my entire life. It, on that day, it's 26 April 2016. At the second day, it's a 27 April. Yeah, I'm staying on the street. They call all of the staff, Mr. Infanterup. Guys, I have Golani here. This guy, because I end up, I told him at this time they take me to work. No, I want the, my place room, please. They say, okay, I call all of my staff, call all of the staff. Guys, I want one of you, they have a room. I give him money now. I want him to take this guy now. Yeah, it's just something like support on that time. He give, he give another guy, one of them, his name is Mandla. He said, no, I have a room. 
in that place I staying at Mamelodi. Yeah, I give him the money for room, the money for transport, because the following day it's 27 April. It's a holiday. So yeah, it's a money for room, money for transport. Yeah, on that time I'm smoking at town. I'm going, it's my first time I'm going to Mamelodi. I was never going at Mamelodi. Me, I'm coming to Pretoria at town. Yeah, I'm going with that guy at Mamelodi. Yeah, it's late now after the work. All of the things they give that guy, it's money for transport, blankets, everything. I want for the new room. They give that guy. Yeah, I'm going to that guy. Yeah, this guy, I want to tell them because it's a holiday. But is the thing I'm told to this guy, man, bruh, can you make, can you help me? Lock for me, man. Lock for you, why now? I suppose, I, no man, I don't want to get out here. I don't want to think about too much about town. I'm lying to Mandla first, because it's a holiday. Mr. Hain is not here. Now I'm thinking, hey, at least this room, they have a glass over with the stuff. This guy, they say, no me, I want to go to my friend to drink alcohol. Okay, lock for me. No man, let's go to drink a beers. Yeah, I say, hey, yeah, now I start to have small shavering. Ah, let me go to drink, man. Yeah, I drink too much on that day because I'm feeling shivering. And you know, when you smoke, you're injecting yourself, you don't sleep. So I'm drinking too much on that 27. And it's a long weekend. I'm drink, drink, drink. Yeah, sleep because of sleeping. You don't sleep when you drink that, when you smoke that thing. If you don't smoke, yeah, Monday, I start to feel I'm sweatering like, yeah, now I'm feeling like I'm dying. But I'm going to Mr. Einfender in the office straight up, Mr. Ein, and he saw me, even me, I'm vomiting, go to the toilet. But I told him straight up, ah, Mr. Ein, I'm in the big problem, man. What's wrong now? Because I give you job. Yes, I give me job. Me, I use the drugs before, man. Please, can you take me at rehab? But I want this job. I was never awake. Yeah, now you give me job. But now, if I lose this job and I lose that place at Mamelodi, I'm going back to the street again. Please, man, take me to the rehab. He take me to that guy with his name, it's Mandla. We're going to social workers. You know when you want to leave something, sometimes, yeah. Me and that guy, we're going in social workers. So social workers now, they have another process. No, we're supposed to write a letter. You wait for seven days. So now me, I'm shivering. So no, I'm supposed to wait a seven days or a ten days. What must I do at this time? I'm waiting. Smoke? Yeah, smoke if you can. I can't. I want to leave this thing now. Because I see now if I lose this job. But I end up I tell Mr. Einfender, okay, guys, please, man, help me, support me. If, because on that time I don't have an ID. You know, on Route 21, if you get in there, you get in with the fingerprints. So you can't uh, get out. If you in, you in. And I end up I change the friends. I staying with these friends, but these are strong friends. So now I feel that shivering the weekends. And so one of them, they Google another thing, they say it's a methadone. So they say, you, you're not allowed to eat the methadone because methadone is a schedule six. You can't take out the drug with another drug. It's better you feel that pain. Even me, I end up, I feel that pain, but that pain, I feel with a brandy. Brandy general, brandy every night, brandy to feel my sleep. At the end, Mr. Einfender found me and he buy for me an expensive leg. He found me and drunk and he hear about the people. Me, I start to attending the party in the location. Cause me, you know I'm coming on the street on that time. But he's staying with me like this, Kolani, 
you can't take out the problem with the problem because alcohol is another problem. Yeah, even me when I'm thinking now, yeah, this guy, he said, okay, easy way, I take my leg for you. And you know, when I'm going to the parties now, I'm start to feel now the drugs is out. I'm start to feel now, yeah, I'm a man now. I'm location boy now. Mm. He take the leg. Ah, yeah, he said to me, yeah, now I take my leg. And if you continue to drink, I take this job. You come back on the street. It's that thing is called tough love. Mm. Yeah, that guy, if he didn't give me that thing, yeah, maybe, yeah, even me, I end up, I said to him, okay, father, easy way, what is the plan? Another mama's called Ronil, they get in, in a, a, a meeting, there's another meeting, it's called AA meeting, alcoholic. Yeah, I attend that meetings every weekend. He start the club, uh, the Sunbest Riders. When I'm attending that club, I tell myself, I, now. It's a running club. Yeah. And I start the club, and, you know, and the last thing I'm doing in the trunk, I said, ah, now let me leave alcohol. He take us at Deben, at June. It's the first time I take a flight. But now, I'm another way, but you know, yeah, that guy, when he hear me, I'm drinking that, and I take the phone, order, order, give me Jack Daniel, Jack Daniel. At the end, he promised me, Colana, I chase you now. I said, oh. And he chased me. Chase me and I'm going back to Mamelodi again with him. He said, no, here is a staff, go and sell the perfume. If you don't have, you don't have it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that guy is staying two weeks. After two weeks, I'm going back to him because I have more than three months I staying with them now, close to November. I want to chase so Now I'm leaving here open now because of alcohol. You chase me. Only rent, only the room for me. No matter, I don't pay for him because now I see at the end of this month, if they chase me, Mommy Lord, where did I go? Street again. So I tell myself, I, my plan, let me keep myself busy with the running to feel myself tired and sleep the weekends. Uh, September, when is Spa Ladies Race? Yeah, because my first race is there. There is another ladies race for Spa. I start there 2016. Yeah, we start there and I told myself, I, now, I want to leave alcohol now. Better? Every weekend, at that time, Mr. Infender, I found a, it's, maybe I didn't have a running plate at that time. I tell myself, let me go at the back of Union Building. There is another uphill. It's calling Tommy Junction. Because I wish for 2017 to run a Wally Highway 42 kilometers. Since there, I started that 10 kilometers at Spa Ladies Race. Yeah, I push myself, I push myself. At the end, it's December, December, I'm afraid I came to stay in Mamelodi. I told him, man, let me go to another rap center at Kwasizabandu, close to Deben. I'm right there, I don't want the alcohol. When I'm coming back 2017, yeah, 2017, every weekend, I attend the race, but on that time I make 10 kilometers. 10 kilometers, 10 kilometers. At the end, I didn't feel 10 kilometers, but I'm training hard at Cornwall Hill. At the, at, the union, and at the back of Union Building in a Tommy Junction, there is another big hill there. I'm climbing that hill. I know every weekend if I'm climbing that hill, Saturday I'm feeling myself tired and sleep. Early in the morning it's a race, Sunday I'm there. I'm feeling myself tired. At the end, running is addicted for me. I'm going 2017 in Wale Highway. I make 42 kilometers there. That 42 kilometers is my first 42 kilometers. I make maybe seven hours. But I make sure I push. I wish to cry when 
2017, you know, at the end now, I start to run with the guys. All of the Sunbest riders, they are in the Comrade Marathon. Now I'm not drinking now. It's only alone. We use all of us to run. I said, hey, I wish to cry. But I told Mr. Enfender 2017, no, man, father, me, even me too, 2018, I won Comrade Marathon. I said, I'm rech, father. I'm finished now, now, 42 kilometers. And we start January. January, I'm doing another race, a big race I'm doing this year. But all of the races, every weekend, I'm doing 21, 21, 21. The big race is a Sunrise Monster. Sunrise Monster is a 32 kilometers. Make that 32 kilometers before cutoff time. When the cutoff time, I'm inside. And another one, I make it, it's a Deloitte, Deloitte, I make it. And another, and I make sure I push, I push for 2018 Comrade Marathon. I'll try in 48 kilometers. The cutoff time is a six hours. And I'm training in all of that time, exercise, push up. And I'm training these parts because mm. I'm supposed to be strong the upper body. Mm. And my stomach is not right because of my running blade. I leave it. Now you get permission to run comrades. Mm. At you, the, you start at 12.30 in the morning. Yes, that 12.30 for me, when I said to you, I'm finished Wale, Wale Highway at 5.30, I make sure that five hours they give me, it's my 42 kilometers here at Pretoria. I didn't feel that thing. I didn't think that thing to quit in the comrade. I think only one thing, Moses Mabida. So you started at 12.30. You started, you started the run early in the dark. And, and now tell me about what's going on here. Tell me what's going on here. Yeah, in my mind, I tell my mind, what did I do the whole year? What did I do in Pretoria? What did I do in Sunrise Monsters, Wally Highway, 48 kilometers? So in my mind, I tell myself, I want to see myself inside Moses Mabita. And it's worse when I'm in halfway mark. The thing they start to make me crazy is halfway mark. When I see the helicopter, mm. it's like I know that helicopter, he pushed number one mm. over my back. Like now, I'm feeling like now I want to break the crashes now. Yeah, I'm flying. And the crowd, you know the Deppen crowd, it's like on that time I'm Ronaldo. He made the goal. Like the crowd of Deben, all of them, they are like, it's my pain block on that time. I don't feel it. I feel like it's me number one. I don't feel like now I'm started at first 12. And I know the top runners is coming. They pass me. But the crowd, the way they make for me, they make me feel strong. They make me, I didn't feel like I'm walking with the crashes on that time. I'm feeling if I'm walking with the crashes, maybe when they say it's 19 kilometers to go now. Yeah. Okay. And when I'm starting like this, the massage, more than 10 girls, they massaging me fast. <laughs> and I feel free again. Let me push, and let me push the thing I want. I want to see myself inside Moses Mabita before cut off time. And now you, you start to approach it. What's the time? Yeah, now, yeah, now my time is 15 hour 50. I know they give me 17 hours, but I make 15 hour 50, but next year, I make sure next day I went 12 hours. How did it feel when you came across that line? Try and, try and describe that feeling. Try and yeah. tell me how that feels. You know, like, I'm feeling like I'm a champion. I'm like, 
I just want to ask, are you running again next year? Yeah, next year. Or what time are you going to do next year? Yeah, next year. As, as I tell you, my first 42 kilometers is Wali Highway. Wali Highway I make with seven hours. But Wali Highway this year, I make five hours 20. Next year, Comrade Marathon, I pray if they give me that time again, I'm getting in 12 hours now or 10 hours. Next year, I, I want to show them another thing because I love uphill. I'm training in the appeals. I want to show them another thing. Well, you've shown us, you've shown us your heart, you've shown us your, your, your mind. It's an important story for South Africa. It's an important story for entrepreneurs out there. And I want to just thank you from the bottom of my heart and for everyone in this studio right now who is feeling as emotional as I am. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pekai. I'm proud, I'm training, but now I'm training for Ironman because now you know Comrade is so far. Now I want to do an Ironman. I'm supposed to swim three kilometers. I want to, I want to keep myself active. We're going to have to leave it there on that emotional note. Um, stay tuned, we'll be right back. Hopefully the benefit to this is that you will be able, SARS will be able to process any of your submissions, whether you have a refund or not, a lot quicker. So if there's a refund due, you'll receive that hopefully a lot quicker as well. This is the Big Small Business Show and this is our expert slot. Now somebody who is no stranger to our expert slot is Peter Faber. He is Senior Executive Tax and Legislation at Saika. Welcome Peter. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Today we're going to be talking about the fact that SARS has brought the, the uh, deadline for tax submission forward to the 31st of October. Okay, why did they do that? Why? Why? <laughs> I think plain and simple in the, in the words of the Acting Commissioner is they wanted to create more time for SARS officials to work through the post-filing season on the audits and the verifications so that refunds that are due are paid out earlier and before the end of the fiscal year in March. And, and what, what effect is that going to have on me as, a, as an individual and as a small business owner? Well, as an individual, I think the first thing is that instead of being able to file by the 23rd of November, you now have to file by the 31st of October if you're an e-filer and you aren't for, registered for provisional taxes. So first you have a lot less time, yeah. but hopefully the benefit to this is that you will be able, SARS will be able to process any of your submissions, whether you have a refund or not, a lot quicker. So if there's a refund due, you, you'll receive that hopefully a lot quicker as well. And do you think that's what the intention is? Because, uh, I mean, why now? Why after all these years have they just worked out that it's now we have to do it earlier? Well, I think as reported in the media in the last two years or so, they've had quite a challenge with making sure that they get things finalised and that they don't have too much refunds rolling over into the new fiscal year um, that are still due to taxpayers. I also think they are seeking, as you see, an extended audit uh, and verification procedures in the last three to four years. 
the volumes that they have to actually process in the audit space has increased significantly, which means a lot of processing. So the Commissioner did also note that given the usual December leave period, he also needs to be cognizant that his own staff go on leave over the December period, um, which means there's a period of about a month that they are not necessarily optimally um, processing um, returns and audits. So, so does this mean I, I need to make my final payment now also a month earlier? Well, we inquired from SARS because traditionally or historically um, you were allowed or the due date was still the 31st of January in the following year. So if you had submitted by the 23rd of November. Um, they have confirmed subject to further notice and they reserve the rights to change it that that date will be retained. So we won't see for now a reduction in the payment time if you still owe SARS money to bring that through to December. So if you're going on a holiday, um, you hopefully would not have to authorise any credit pushes through the December holiday. And next year, it would, but that would, would that still be valid for next year? Obviously not. That would be brought forward then to allow. Well, we, we don't know. We have not received an indication from SARS as yet. So we'll have to see in future whether that is brought forward um, to match the filing season or whether they retain the end of January period. Okay, and, and from a tax practitioner point of view, if I'm a tax practitioner watching this, how's this going to affect me? Well, the reduced timeline, I think, is going to impact timing to a large extent. So a tax practice is set up that you actually need to keep staff busy over a time period. Um, having a month less means you actually now have to find a month to keep people busy with that you usually had um, filling in compliance returns. And the same with small business, the impact on the other side as well, because the end of October is also the submission for the biannual for payroll. Mm. So for their clients, and especially for small business, it means that during this time period you now have both your filing season ending for these tax payers, but also payrolls that need to be finalised for submission, both due on the 31st of October. So timing is going to be quite important for both from both the small business client perspective, but also the tax practitioner that needs to align his or her business to the amended timeframes. Peter, is there any other than... I might get paid a little earlier. Is there any other upside to this for me, the small business that I'm missing here? Well, the Commissioner came out with two other changes that they were going to make in addition to this. The one being that they were going to make sure that the audit letters that go out historically gave a whole list of documents that they were going to request for verification. Um, now they were going to issue more focus. So if they, for example, were only going to look for, at your medical, they're not going to send you a document looking for your medical and your travel and your wear and tear. The document will just call for your medical, which should then reduce the time that it takes to audit because the relevant SARS official can then just get the documents they require. And on the other side, on the business side, you would not be having to collate and attach and send documents that SARS were not going to use. The other thing that the Commissioner noted was that they were going to prioritise people with no outstanding returns. So people who have only the current year's turn um, outstanding or due, they were going to be audited first and people who have two or three or four returns, well they're going to go to the back of the pile, which is in my mind a good development um, in incentivising the people who are actually compliant so that they get their refunds first. And, and coming, it's now when coming up for the, the filing season 2018, any tips for, for those who are trying to do it more efficiently, less, less uh, costly, less painfully. Any tips for us? We need all the help we can get. 
I think one of those is quite interesting uh, that we found is when you submit documents on e-filing and you scan them in, what we've noted from SARS is that if you scan them in as one bundle, so you take your medical certificates, you take your RAs, once they go into the SARS system, it becomes quite a difficult task for the SARS official because they can't print them out to actually trawl through them electronically. So I think the tip that we would have to make sure that your audit and verification goes quickly is to make sure that you take each individual document, categorize them properly. So if you've got all your medical slips, put that in as a single attachment, your travel log as a single attachment, name it accordingly, and then submit as an attachment. So once the SARS official goes onto your profile, they'll immediately be able to go to the specific document they're actually looking for and actually go to that uh, supporting evidence, which should significantly then reduce the time that um, submission spends in audit or verification. Peter, always uh, uh, um, a bittersweet uh, moment <laughs> having you here and thanks for the tips and uh, we will see you soon uh, in studio with us. Thank you very much. That's it from me. Remember, if you think it, write it down and make it a reality. The courage to grow is business. The Big Small Business Show made possible by MTN Business, a new world of business. And by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Lead your industry with a responsible partner. Partner with the CASA today.